0: This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors Podcast. What's up everybody? This is episode number 66. going to be a shorter one today since it's just me. I'm going to hit on some things about shed hunting since that's the time of year we're in, there are a lot of bucks that still haven't dropped yet. I've got pictures in the last, uh, probably been a couple of weeks now of several bucks with both sides, still two and three year old deer. I know a lot of people are seeing that, but they're definitely deer dropping. If you're going to go now, I think you're probably going to want to go again in a couple of weeks or three or four weeks and just kind of go back over where you went because of those deer that are still holding one or both sides, they might drop it between now and then. So if you just go now and you don't find anything, don't be discouraged. You're still going to get back out there. Here in the next few weeks, you can get back out there and maybe find where that buck finally dropped, whatever he had left, whether it be one side or both sides. So I'm going to talk a little bit about where to find those, the luck, best luck that we've had some stuff based off of guys we talked to. Uh, we had Steve on here last year. He talked about shed hunting, Steve Shirk. That was a really good podcast. So you guys can go back and check that one out. But... Really, if you're if you're wanting to find where they're dropping their antlers, you got to think about what their day looks like this time of year. And it's not the same as it is in September, October, November, even most of December. Right now, their main focus is food and thermal cover. And the thermal cover being their bedding. So they're not going to bed in the same place they would have obviously in October or November necessarily. They might be in the same general area, but if you have an area where they were bedding before when all the leaves were still on, now that they're gone, everything's dead, they might have moved off a little bit. If you have a cedar thicket, that's a really good place that they might be bedding. Potentially anything like that, uh, some briar patches and stuff that may be still green or still are thick enough to provide some cover for them from the wind and that sort of thing. That's where you're going to want to look. So they're going to spend a lot of time there wherever they're bedding this time of year in that good thick thermal cover, even if it's just a, a single cedar tree or a couple of cedar trees, something like that, we found, a, I found a pair of sheds, nice sheds, probably from the uh, three and a half, two and a half or three and a half year old buck last year, right by each other on one side of the only cedar tree in four acres of that spot, within that that distance of that spot. He just found that. I'm sure he was bedding on whatever side he was getting out of the wind on that tree That was his bedding spot. One day he got up and shook and both of his antlers fell off. That's where he found that one. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a whole thicket or a group, a patch of cedars or pine trees or anything like that. If if you don't have very many area and you just have one or two spread out, go and check those as well because they're going to find them and that's where they're going to be bedded up. So obviously they're spending a lot of time there during the day. If you can get in those areas, that's a good place to start looking a lot of times it's going to be a little more difficult in there just because all the branches and stuff and the leaves, if they've been covered up or squirrels got a hold of them or anything like that, it can be a little tough to find antlers and all that. If you get a nice sunny day, it seems like they stand out really well, especially those wider colored antlers that they'll they'll stand out when the sun hits them from the sticks and stuff a little bit better. Aside from the bedding, obviously they have to get from the bedding to the feeding field, wherever they're feeding at. So you can find those travel corridors, kind of like if you've, did, if you've done your, your post-season scouting, and even if you haven't, this is still a chance to do that as well. Find where they're feeding at and hit the trail that leads to that from their bedding. And you can do that either way. If you start in the field where you know they're feeding, where you see them every night, you can find the trails they're coming in on, follow that back to their bedding. If you find their bedding, follow that out to the field. So... Those are travel corridors that they're mainly going to be hitting this time of year. It's not going to be as random as it would have been during the rut, for sure. They're not going to be spending as much time in the timber, in areas, checking does and stuff like that. They're going to be spending most of their time either in the bed or in the field, and then in between, it's going to be those main travel corridors from one to the other. So you're definitely going to want to hit those. Sometimes there's several. Especially if you've got a big ag field, like a winter wheat field, then you've got different groups of deer coming from different directions that are bedding in different spots. So that's going to be some more walking for you. But if you've got smaller destination food sources and a smaller herd of deer, you're not going to have as many trails to cover, but definitely want to cover those because a lot of times, if they don't drop them in their bed or in that field, that's where they're going to be. Whether they get them caught on something, they hit a limb that normally wouldn't, they wouldn't even phase them. Uh, Maybe it's the last little bit to knock that antler off, or they just, fall off on their way to and from maybe they're running from something that's enough to shake them off so definitely look there and then of course the feed fields if you have winter wheat fields those are really good places to look for them this time of year especially the deer are hitting them a lot and it's easy to see them the wheat's not real tall yet it's bright green so the antlers generally stand out pretty well definitely recommend a pair of binoculars because if you do have winter wheat field it's likely to be large so that's a lot of ground cover You don't want to be out there riding around, rutting it up with a side-by-side or or a four-wheeler, especially if you don't have permission to do that on a dry day. If you've got permission, you can still get away with it probably this time of year. The wheat's small enough, but I would recommend some binoculars, getting out there and walking and doing some glassing, just like you would scouting for deer bedded down. You can go out there and look for their antlers. If you see something, that'll save you some walking too. You don't have to walk to every little blade of grass or stick that looks like an antler. You can pull up the binoculars, look at it, see if it's an antler, walk over and grab it. If it's not, you can just keep moving. You cover a lot more ground that way and be a lot more efficient, which is really important when it comes to finding the most sheds. And especially if you're targeting a specific deer, you don't want to waste a lot of time looking around at stuff that maybe is not where he'd been or obviously isn't his antler. So that's one other thing. If you know where that deer was bedded In the December, November months, you can start there. Again, that doesn't mean he's still going to be there. But if you're looking for that one specific buck, you can start based on his fall habits and then work your way out. So maybe you get lucky and he dropped right there in the bedding area where he'd bedded all year and he just stayed there. Maybe he had good cover. So there was no reason for him to move. So you find those sheds in his bed there or the same food source that he's been using since November, December it's a good way to start when you're looking for that specific buck. Another way to be r- would be to run trail cameras. So if you're still running your cameras this time of year, go in and check those. If you're getting pictures of him with both sides or one side, then, you know, he's dropped one. Uh, if you get a picture of him one day, he's got both sides. The next day he's only got one, you know, it's a pretty good chance that he was somewhere in that area when he lost it. So you can go in there to get indicator. You can go in there and find it. Cameras are really, I think overlooked for shed hunting a lot. I know a lot of guys do it, but I think, uh, several guys miss it too. So if you have the ability to, and you still want to do it, you can run cameras. I, I still got one camera running right now. Like I said, I've had several, uh, three or four bucks with both sides still on the last pictures I had of them. At least they got sent to my phone. I don't run the cell extra pictures on the cell cam this time of year, just because really the only reason I'm using it kind of see what's still around. Maybe I get a picture of a buck that, had moved in I didn't know was there so far that hasn't been the case I've seen every deer except the two biggest ones that I know were in that area one of them was one of the deer I shot so I was hoping to get a picture of him maybe where he came back late season but I think that deer is probably dead that's one reason I'm actually gonna go walk where I'm gonna walk when I go shed hunting this year I'm gonna look for that deer specifically not spend a lot of time in areas where I don't think he went so back to cameras though if you especially if you're still running cell cameras if you're really into shed hunting and you want to pay that 10 15 a month or whatever it is for the unlimited pictures depending on what camera you're running that's a good way to do it as well you can figure out where he came from where he was going and what direction to start and that'll save a lot of time too a lot of walking you have a lot better chance of finding those sheds so it's a really good way to do some scouting get an inventory on your bucks of course if you're not running cameras, if you could find their sheds. Obviously they at least made it long enough to shed that antler. Nate talked about uh I think it was last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago, maybe both. He had mentioned a deer that had been shot and they thought there was just no way he could have lived. This it was shot in during shotgun season, so mid November, and they actually found the shed from this deer undoubtedly, and it was a couple miles. I think he said I could be wrong on that, but it was a, a long distance from where they shot it, but they found the shed on it. So he at least made it from mid-November when he was shot until he dropped that antler in late December, January, or even February. So it's a good way to know what bucks at least made it through the hunting season. Uh, and it's a good way to find what ones didn't. If you come across dead heads, then you know to mark that buck off your hit list for next year. Maybe you had some up and comers that didn't make it. It's a good way to find out what happened to those deer as well. If you don't find those... And you've got pictures of a buck, maybe your target buck from last year, and you're going into the next hunting season looking forward to hunting him, but you're just not getting any pictures. Uh, It's possible that he died sometime in the winter or even during the season. And maybe if you'd have went out there and looked for him, you could have found him and you'd have known that uh, you wouldn't be setting everything up for him for the next year. That can save a lot of time too, because, you know, if you have one specific buck in mind, and you know where he was living last year and you've got adjustments that you can make and you're going to put in a new food plot specifically for this buck and you're going to hang a stand specifically for this deer. If you don't find that deadhead, and you go out there and you do all this stuff only to find out later that he did die, uh, you just didn't go and find him and you've wasted a lot of time and effort hunting to set up to hunt a deer that's not even around anymore. So that can save you some time there as well and it's cool to have them. I think, the DNR makes a salvage tag or some sort that you can keep those with. And then, you know, do whatever you want with them at that point. I know a lot of deep, a lot of people that keep track of the specific deer and have names for them. Uh, it's nice to know what happened and then even to have that deer, especially if you have a lot of history with it. It's nice to have the, whatever's left of them, the, the head, the skull, you can do a cool European mount or something like that, but not something else that shed hunting helps with. Uh, every year we find, a couple dead deer. We seem to find a lot of those every year. Um, it's hard to tell what's happened to them if there's nothing obvious. you know. Last year we found a decent three-year-old buck uh, over at the cabin. He had a really goofy right side and a nice eight, mainframe eight left side. I think he would have been a really nice deer this past season, but he didn't make it. It wasn't anything obvious where he'd been shot, but a possibility was there he could have been shot in the guts and we would never would have known it just from the bone structure and all that so but like i'm saying you're going to find that kind of stuff as well while you're out there so that makes it worth your while even if you don't find any sheds if you come across the dead head that that you knew was around from the last year and maybe you're going to target the next year so never want to find them like that but it definitely does happen would much rather find their sheds and know they're still alive. That's the other thing I'm going to be looking for uh, on that deer I shot. Uh, first thing, I'm going to basically be walking around looking for him because, like I said, I'm pretty sure he's dead, so going to be looking to find that deer. And that's one I think if I did find him, I would go ahead and mount him just because I know the shot I put on him I'm pretty sure was a lethal shot within a reasonable amount of time. I don't think it was a bad shot. We just ran out of blood. So if I did find him, I think I'd probably go ahead and mount him, but I would rather find his sheds, I think, and know that he's still around to hunt next year. I don't think that's likely from the lack of pictures I've seen of him from, because the neighbors all had pictures of him too while he was still alive. I had pictures of him very often. And then after the day I shot him before gun season, he just kind of disappeared. So that's, between where i think i hit him the blood we had the lack of pictures i think he's probably dead so if i do find him i expect him to be dead that's why i think that but that's those are just kind of some things you guys can look for when you're out shed hunting again thermal cover find where they're bedding this time of year find where they're going from the bedding to the food and then obviously you can look out in the food uh wherever they're feeding at a cut cornfield that hasn't been dissed Is going to be a lot harder to find cheds in, obviously. They're going to blend in really well with the stalks and leaves from the corn. Uh, Cut bean field is not bad, and winter wheat is probably the best, in my opinion. They just stand out so well. You can generally see a long ways in them, and you get some binoculars out there. You can find, find them if they're out there. CRP is going to be tough if they're betting in that. If you do some burns this year, This spring, maybe you find them. That's probably the best way to find them in a CRP field or a set-aside, something like that, Uh, even a switchgrass if you've got that for them. If they're in there burning, it's going to be your best chance at finding that unless you just come across it because that basically is a needle on a haystack there. But those are the places to look. The, The single cedar tree, don't overlook that. If you're out walking and you see one, just go do a quick circle around it. That's how I found that pair that I found last year, and we found one more a single antler around one, another single cedar tree as well. So make sure you hit those pine trees. Of course, any thickets that you have, you're going to want to get in there. It's not going to be too bad this time of year with everything dead. It's going to be pretty thinned out. So walking and seeing is going to be better than it would have been, maybe than you'd think it would have been based on what you saw back in December or even early January. So don't overlook those spots. Either focus on the food, focus on the bedding, kind of like hunting them. It's the same idea, and that's going to help you find some more sheds. Hopefully, you don't stumble across any dead heads of your target bucks, but if it does happen, just remember, at least you know what, that he is dead. You don't have to worry about targeting him next year. You can move on to something else. So, that said, it's going to be it for this week. I know it's a really short episode, but it's just me. don't have a ton to talk about yet. I want to talk to Dad and Jeff about their expectations coming up for The Iowa show, what we're looking forward to there, kind of like what me and Nate did last week on the podcast. And then we'll have some news on that hopefully by next Monday, if not the Monday after that, the Monday before we head up there as far as what we're going to have in the booth. So thanks, guys, for tuning in. Uh, Don't forget about our sponsors. If you guys want to support us and support your deer herd at the same time, check out Rack's Big Game Supplements. They're a veteran-owned company out of northeast Nebraska, and they're deer hunters just like you and me who were looking to get more out of the mineral and feed than existed at the time. When they developed their Rack's products through years of research, they came up with one of the best mixes available that is going to help improve your herd's overall health while not feeding non-target species. So again, if wherever it's legal, if you can run your minerals and feed and stuff like that, especially this time of year, if you've been out there shed hunting, you know that the lack of food is, I mean, there is a lack of food. It's pretty obvious. They're eating the woody brows right now and any, any kind of crop that's left out there. That's why the winter wheat is so popular with them. I guess this time of year, it's one of the few green food sources left that they have. So if you can help supplement that with these minerals, protein blocks and pelletized feed, meal feed, everything that Rack's Big Game Supplements has, that's really going to benefit your deer. If you want to support us, use discount code RHO22, that's capital RHO22 at checkout, and you'll get 5% off your entire order at raksmineral.com, R-A-K-S, mineral.com. Another way to support them, we're getting ready to get into food plot season. That'll give us some stuff to talk about as well. We'll talk about what we're going to plant, how we're going to do it. I know we talked a little bit about some of Nate's plans. I'm going to get into some of what I've got for the cabin and then of course on the full draw friday episodes we'll talk more about how to do that stuff and and why we're doing that kind of stuff but if you're looking for some really good food plot seed we recommend grapplery outdoors they specialize in the best nutrition for your whitetail deer on your property starting with the soil they've got a full line of food plot seed and plant foods they were started in 2015 but john up there has been in the business since 1991 They currently have over 14 different food plot blends to choose from, so you're not going to have any trouble finding what you're looking for, whether it be spring blends, fall blends, corn and beans, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits, you name it. When it comes to food plots, they've pretty much got it. They're not just about their selling their products, though. They'll answer any questions you have about what blends would be best for your specific property. That way you can achieve the best results possible. John and his team don't believe in a cookie-cutter approach to wildlife nutrition, so they're going to treat you and your situation individually, give you advice based on what you tell them. Your soil types, your climate for wherever you're at in the country, that kind of stuff. And they're not about a fancy label or package either. They're about good quality seed and taking care of their clients. So while their packaging may not be as pretty with the big buck pictures on them as you see on the Walmart shelf, the seed in the bag is guaranteed to be quality. And you're going to get more actual seed for your money than you would on some of those other brands. So like I said, we've used their seed blends on client properties all over the Midwest, uh, even out as far west as Kansas. And of course we've used them on our own plots and the results have been as good as advertised. That's why we're going to continue to use their seed. And that's why we partnered with them on the podcast in the first place. Che- you can check them out at grandpa and use discount code RHO podcast. That's all lowercase, no spaces. And you'll get 5% off your order there. So that's another way you guys can help support us and support your deer herd. Now, If you're looking for somewhere to do your own food plots, run your own minerals, maybe you're only hunting permission ground right now, maybe you're only hunting public ground, you're looking for something to buy, you want to talk to Rodney Hawkins. He grew up hunting and fishing in Southern Illinois, and he's now putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational property as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. If you haven't heard of Midwest Farm and Land, they're not really your average real estate company. They sold over $85 million worth of ground in 2022. They've got agents like Rodney all over Illinois, so they're really a local company with a national reach. If you want more information on them or anything that might be available, you can, or just what you're looking for, you can call Rodney at 618-925-3153 and he'll get you taken care of. He's also recently started a new company called RG Outdoors, and they currently carry hard and soft shelled blinds and blind chairs all from Red X Blinds, in addition to an all-natural scent elimination product called Camo Dust, which you can get more info on at CamoDust.com. As for the blinds, Nate actually spent a lot of time in one of the soft-sided Radix blinds this season, and he was more than happy with how it worked out for him. If you're interested in anything they have to offer, you can send them a message through their Facebook page, RG Outdoors. Email them at rgoutdoors at yahoo.com, or again, you can just call Rodney directly at 618-925-3153. And finally, to just support us directly, check out RidgeHunterOutdoors.com. You can get any of our food plot seed on there. Anything else that you see you like, you can use the discount code RHOPOD, that's all caps, and you'll get 10% off anything on there. Leave us a review on Apple Podcast. follow us on Spotify, subscribe to the YouTube channel, all that good stuff. That's ways you guys can support us without even have to spend any money. So we appreciate that. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week. Make sure and share these episodes so we can get more people in here, um, hopefully finding more sheds, killing more big deer, growing better food plots, all that kind of good stuff. So... Thanks again, guys, for listening, and we will catch you next week.